0: Listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White.
1: Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners, an agency made for manufacturers. My name is Jeff White, and joining
2: me today is my co host, Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, uh, and uh, I've got to tell our listeners that. uh, this was a much nicer um, introduction into um, the podcast than we've had in a previous recording earlier
1: today. Yeah, we'll see. But now you've really done it because we, we released these things non-sequentially and, and now no, you I'm see the editors are but, going to have to mess this up. But
2: at least now I kind of knew what was coming up as opposed to you <laughs> introducing me first and then saying what your name is and then I don't know if my name's supposed to be Jeff for the remainder of the episode. It's really awkward. I just try and keep you on your toes. That's good. You know, that really is the way of it. Uh, I think um, uh, today's guest is going to uh, keep us on our toes, as it were, and and help us understand a, a few uh, interesting components uh, for manufacturing marketing. One really is around the the translation of highly technical or complex information into something that has a bit more marketing and sales utility. And then uh, I'm interested to see where the conversation goes after that. So why don't we introduce today's guest? Absolutely. So joining
1: us today is Lisa Hargrove. Lisa is the Director of Sales and Marketing at LS Industries. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Lisa.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Lisa, it's good to be chatting with you. Uh, Tell us a bit about LS Industries and um, your work with them. How long have you been there? Give us a bit of background.
3: I've been with LS Industries just about a year and a half. So I started a year ago in May. And Ellis Industries is a manufacturer of machinery that automates surface preparation. So, shot blasting, um, washers, vibratory equipment, a whole assortment of things to prepare metal.
2: Interesting. It's one thing I, you know, it's like, I, I just love um, the manufacturing space because you, you know, you, yeah. every day you find out stuff that you didn't know existed five minutes ago.
1: Yeah, know? I mean, you just kind of assume that stuff became shot blasted or sandblasted or shot peened or, or what have you, like as part of a regular process. You don't really think of it as a machine that is integral to that
2: process that I needs think you're to be right. as well. You don't really think of it. Well, Lisa, it's great to be uh, great to be uh, chatting with you on today's show, and I, I wanted to um, kind of. Uh, talk about your work with LS Industries and, and, and an interesting thread in our earlier conversations in prep for today was um, really this notion of how you f- work to translate um, more um, highly technical engineering speak um, concepts into um, uh, content that's a bit more uh, digestible for your buyer personas. I want you to take our listeners through that and let us uh, understand a bit more about your approach.
3: Sure. Um, We find through our sales process that we're often dealing with many different levels in the organization, not always dealing with the people on the shop floor that that engineering speak may mean the most to, or even dealing with other engineers. So we kind of have to break it down to The actual meaningful portion of what it is that they're sharing. Um, We find a lot of times that we're working with people that are just getting into shot blasting or moving away from hand grinding and those kind of things. And we're um, having to make sure that they understand the process and what they're going to be getting into without overwhelming them with information that seems too daunting. So when we'll get specs from, the engineering department about what a particular machine can do or how it operates. We have to translate that into kind of more bite-sized pieces that are meaningful that it can do so many cycles or that the conveyor moves at such and such speed. We like to try to translate that to specifically to what our customer is doing and tell them you can produce X, Y, Z in this amount of time based on the parameters of this machine. So that's more specifically the kind of information that we like to provide specifically to a customer.
2: So really it's a translation of, uh, of, of engineering information into just customer benefit, really, to put it simply.
3: Right. They're actual actionable details that they can then take back to their bosses and justify the purchase of the machine.
2: Now this is something that you've um uh, worked on I, I understand through the launch of the new uh website at LS Industries and kind of a, a kind of a reframing if you will for how you um speak about uh, LS Industries and frame how you go to market have you found that to be a key part of this new uh, site build is really um de- it kind of almost uh, uh taking that information and making it more uh, more digestible was that a was that a big uh, transition from where they were before you started with them
3: yeah we in working on the website we definitely had a struggle with getting enough information from the engineering department so that we were putting out Information onto the site that would actually help a customer make decisions, but not so much information that we were losing them either. So we were again walking that fine line of finding the information that they had, particular to the machine, that would actually mean something to the customer. And so we were translating that into the components of it that will be cost saving, the components of it that will be easy maintenance and what makes them easy maintenance without getting into the very nth degree of the detail of those pieces and parts.
1: I mean, I think it's really interesting to uh, to explore kind of how that has come to life on the, on the current site and, and the new site, you know, because so often you're coming into a, you know, a website rebuild or, or uh, another major marketing initiative and what you're working from in a previous version isn't necessarily communicating what you would like to uh, to communicate, I guess, kind of a better way to put it, but it's not getting across the, uh, the information that you really want. So how, how difficult was it to kind of stand up this new site and, and, you know, glean all of the information and get that polished in a way that uh, that your customers would be able to digest it.
3: Yeah, I think in undertaking the project, we had initially grossly underestimated how long it would take. I mean, I was aware that we pretty much wanted to scrap the entire old website and just start fresh. Um, I didn't want to take the shortcut of kind of just copying over data because I knew what we had provided in the past didn't give that detail that was important to the customers. So it was kind of a process of sitting everybody down and talking about what those parameters are. And me being new to this industry, I didn't always know those things. So that kind of helped me force them to explain it more. When they would offer up a difference in our blaster, say, versus a competitor, I would really make them go into the detail of why that's a positive difference. And then we were able to translate that into language that would make sense to a buyer.
2: I think uh, you you said something early on about how you dramatically underestimated the effort required in order to pull this together. And I've often said that the only people that underestimate uh, web content creation and that information management that goes into that are the people that don't do it. Don't do it, (laughs) you know? Um, But man, it's... um, I don't know if... (sighs) it's interesting to me that it's just something that gets so dismissed when it's, well, it's just the content. Yeah. Like yeah. When it's, it's incredibly uh, difficult work to do well. Um, I, I was thinking earlier today, actually about, you know, it's kind of thing almost, I think a lot of people would be wise to a year or two years before they're thinking about a website redesign is really to undertake a bit of an information management project more than a, yeah you know, yeah it's almost like when you get into the world of doing content creation in the middle of a web build, it's almost like it's way too late. It's too late and it's too
1: difficult, and there are too many other things that you have to solve at the same time mm. yeah,
2: yeah, we
3: definitely discovered a lot of that. I mean, I think there were people on our team that were developing it that thought if we had a product name and a picture that we were good to go, and so there was a lot more that we had to kind of pull out of that team to go, well, no, now I need to tell people what it does. And I now I need to tell people why this is the best one that does what that does. We had a lot of struggle on, wait, I need more.
1: Yeah. Did you find that it was a, a major re-education, not just for the engineers that you're trying to pull the information from, but also for the uh, the management team as well?
3: Yes. I think there was a lot of times where There we would pull up a product that we wanted to add to the website because we had built it in the past when, you know, management would be saying, well, I know we did it for XYZ customer and engineering would be like, well, but that was 25 years ago. And so now I don't have actual drawings that I could recreate that machine from. And so are we sure that that's a legitimate product? And so we had lots of those kind of cycles that would go round and round so we could define what our actual product line was that we needed to publish. LS Industries is a company that does a lot of custom projects. We have kind of a standard core of products that we offer, but then we also offer the opportunity to our customers that we'll build something specifically to suit what you need. And so when we were going back into our history to see well, somebody needed this machine once, maybe there are other people that do and we should put it on our website, there was definitely a lot of gray area about whether we could really call that a machine we could reproduce.
0: slash sample abm
2: that's a it's an interesting little side effect uh for, of a web project right like people yeah no oh, we're doing a site build like yeah. it's a one no, item all one, of us,
1: all of a sudden we know all these other products we could sell
2: <laughs> well or, or that we've been saying we can sell that we actually can yeah we or, have no idea how we're so not a great idea does anybody yeah. know if george still knows how that works exactly yeah there may be more parallels between an LS industries and a, a digital agency than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, man, I wonder, um, you know, one of the, I think interesting aspects of LS industries as well that I'd love to get your reflections on is this notion that you are a manufacturer that sells to other manufacturers. So, sometimes uh well i'm always curious what that means because in, in instinctively you think ah well you maybe you know the target a little better because you kind of are the target in some way um but i, I don't want to put words in your mouth talk, i guess talk to me about that what's the uh, what's the dynamic uh, that's at play being a manufacturer that sells to another manufacturer and to what extent do you um uh, feel that that gives you an advantage or an understanding in the uh, process that you need?
3: I think the key for us to what it is that we provide is all about increasing productivity. So um, as a manufacturer speaking to a manufacturer, we know that ultimately that's what they need out of these machines. They need for us to either increase their capacity or do something um, that they're not able to find labor to do or do it faster so that those employees can do something else. So I think that gives us an advantage being able to translate what our machines can do for you into actual, actual labor hours. So when I can say, you know, if you institute this structural blaster into your machine, you can take those four guys that have been hand sanding a piece of metal for four hours a day. Those guys can go do something else and you just need one operator that can push a button and take things off the line. It becomes really easy to see the advantages of what we offer. Additionally, I think we're able to gain our customer's trust in our parts and supplies by understanding that as a manufacturer, we know your equipment can't be down. So when we're speaking with them on the things that we can offer after the sale, you know, we can come to them on an equal level of saying, you know, it's important to us because it's important to you.
2: Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Of course, that you understand that more intimately as a manufacturer and can obviously, um, you know, you know, exactly the levers to pull there. Yeah, I mean, their um,
1: goals are your goals yeah yeah
2: right i'm curious do you have uh, do you think you have any blind spots as a result does it uh you no know, it's often said you can't uh, can't read the label by from from inside the soup can as it were um uh, do you think there, there's any blind spots being a manufacturer selling to another manufacturer
3: well i don't know what they might be, I guess they're still blind.
1: <laughs> that may be the best response to that question we've ever yeah,
2: received. I suppose that yeah. does make some sense. Uh, I was uh, maybe hoping that uh, the benefit of your more recent entry into Ellis industries may, uh, maybe the outside perspective may have uh, something.
3: Sure. Yeah. I mean, my former company I know was also a customer of this company, so, um, I've seen the advantages of our equipment being implemented on a shop floor and um, I've, you know, heard the stories about what we can do for companies' productivity and those kind of things. We've done some really amazing projects on different things that just hadn't been done before and things that were taking eight hours to complete are now done in an hour and they're generating that much more product and are able to expand and grow and, all because they've implemented this new machine, so.
2: I think that's really cool, and maybe it's a lot of self-reference criteria, but um, I was a marketer at an organization that I was once a a customer of.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And that uh, really changed how I thought about it. It it really did inform how I could market them and what I knew about them because I'd seen them from the customer side. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it's a best practice I would necessarily uh, recommend without some level of nuance, but if you're looking to expand your marketing department, hiring people from your customers isn't the worst idea if you could find a way to do it nicely.
3: Right, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, well, it, it, like you say, I mean, your life as a customer before that, I mean, it gives you a direct insight into exactly how to communicate the benefits of what you do.
1: Yeah, and exactly why it was a, a good choice for you as well. Uh, I mean, uh, and a lot of a lot of what you do, um, this is something you communicated to us in uh, in our previous conversations. Is you know you, what you're explaining and, and how you're doing your marketing? Marketing is all about you know telling your customer's journey through the marketing and explaining the benefit of, of what Ellis Industries can bring to that. Can you can you talk a little bit more about how you're using that customer journey um, to help sell?
3: Uh, sure. I mean, like I said, when we are engaging with a customer, we have standard products that will Serve a lot of different industries to do a lot of different general practices, but we also have the opportunity to create something specific for them, whether that's creating an entirely new machine or if it's just adding adaptations to a machine to work for their needs. So, I mean, right now on the shop floor, we have one of our regular fixtured basket blasters, but it's been increased to about, I don't know, three times what our standard basket size would be so that it could handle these really ginormous parts that they that the customer wanted to be able to blast. Whether it's working on scale or whether it's working on um, just the process in general. So we can offer monorail that can incorporate with their existing line to get things from from our machinery onto the rest of the process or It's all about, you know, really solving the problems that they're seeing every day. And so if we think about what the machine does and what those problems might be that it solves, communicating that we have that actual solution, I guess, is what I'm trying to get to, that they have a problem that we can alleviate.
1: I think that's, you know, that that obviously comes through loud and clear, you know, th- this idea that you can adapt what uh, what you have and, and not just solve the, you know, the individual problem of the, you know, potentially creating a larger surface so you can shot blast greater size, whatever they are, <laughs> you know, in the basket, but also, you know, help them connect different aspects of their uh, of their process together by, uh, you know, simply communicating with them and developing a deeper understanding of what their needs are so that you can solve other problems that are maybe uh, sort of peripherally related to, to the core of the LS Industries products. I think that's really interesting.
3: Right. Once we're connected with the customer, we're always trying to learn more and more about what they're doing. With the belief that, you know, if we've provided them one machine, surely there's other things that we can do with the diversity of our product lines. So if we can convince them that we can be their partner more than just their supplier, um, it's served us well.
2: Lisa, I would be curious. I mean, we're 18 months in at LS Industries. There's a new website that's been deployed. Uh, it's obviously a key foundational part of the digital transformation you're bringing to bear uh, at the firm. Um, I guess uh, kind of give us some insight into what's next or what has you excited uh, as you look to 2020 and beyond?
3: Uh, well, we're looking to get all of our print material caught up with our website um, we- like I said, through the process of developing the website, we've kind of discovered other products that we hadn't been communicating about before. So we've got literature that we need to um, create to get caught up to make sure that when we're at trade shows or talking to customers on the phone that we have something additional to share about those things. We are getting into a trade show season for us right now. So we've got For the rest of the year, we'll be attending shows each month and working on, you know, communicating what those things are that we have to offer. And then um, Ellis Industries actually has a sister company that is now next in line for a web refresh. So (laughs) we're trying to, you know, take what we've learned from this last one and implement it hopefully better on the next time around.
2: Ah, that's, uh, it's always nice to have the opportunity to do uh, a couple of those back to back like that and uh, see if, uh, like you say, if you learned anything along the way in the first go round. For sure. Uh, I guess, uh, one thing we know if there's lots of, uh, uh, content to be created or, uh, product information to gather now's the time to start. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh, on this new website, my boss initially asked us if we thought we could turn it around in 60 days now that we had completed this other one. And I was like, no. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now we know it needs nine months. Yeah. <laughs> We've learned nothing. It's uh, it's certainly on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the other things that, uh, that you had mentioned that you were working towards as well was a, a subscription service for, for your customers and, uh, Tell us a bit about that and how you're uh, thinking about bringing that to life.
3: And speaking about the trade shows, this one we've got this month is actually here located in um, Wichita where we are. And so we're really going to be playing up this subscription model here, thinking that that'll be the best place for us to try to grow that is here locally in our manufacturing market. But for the machines that we provide. There are things like the media that you use for shot blasting or for vibratory um, applications. There's dust collector filters, there's different solvents and those kind of things that they use with our washers and that kind of stuff. So we're really trying to increase our awareness of being that supply partner so that once we get people started as their supplier of these things that we can put some more thought and technology behind actually being able to set them up on a subscription type basis.
1: Very cool. Do you, do you think that might take the form of, of e-commerce or will it kind of continue to be a, a more sales-led approach?
3: Yeah. Internally, we're... We think our system will still kind of be more manual, but kind of more working on an actual agreement with the customer of setting up time-based shipments that we can hopefully apply some of our systems to to make that more automated internally.
2: Lisa, thanks so much for taking us uh, through your experience and... um... And, uh, and and background and in introducing us to LS Industries. It's been fascinating chatting with you and uh, really enjoyed your, having your thoughts here on The Cooler Ring today.
3: Thank you again for having me. I appreciate the time.
2: Awesome, thanks.
3: Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with
0: Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at the slash thecoolerring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash thecoolerring.